Good morning on May 28th, 2021. Hope everybody's doing well. God bless everybody. And spirit of Lord be with you all day long. And for the rest of your life. This is a very special episode to me. Not because I'm dying or anything, but you know, I'm just, just sometimes you stop and think about what you're going through and, uh, well, just life in general and certain things that you know are demonic, but you can't do anything about it just yet because it may not be time for deliverance. God has his own time. But through it all, you have to stay prayerful. You have to stay with the Lord. This is a call, by the way, until I get home. <clears throat> the, the name of this episode is called Until I Get Home. Now, before I start, I just realized, I realized something yesterday. I mean, I kind of always knew it, but like it really hit me. I've always been teaching that uh, the Lord has two sides. And yesterday, last night, I was on the phone with somebody. We were studying. You know, I was doing, uh, we were doing Numbers chapter 16 with Korah and Dathan and Abraham. Or Abraham, when the uh, ground opened up and swallowed them. And I thought of all these different scriptures. They let me know that God definitely has two sides. Number one, God was going to wipe out the whole assembly because Korah got too big for himself. And say, oh, we're, we're all holy and Moses, you take too much to yourself and this and that. And Moses and Aaron fell on their face. And Moses was like, well, if God... God will show you who he really picked to do this job. See, God has no respect to persons, but when he does something and he says something, he expects you to respect it. And and we say, well, why would God be so mean that he would wipe out the whole assembly of people? In other words, all millions of Israelites. Why would he... Wiped them out just because of Korah and Dathan and Abraham. And those 250 men who were on his side. And that's what Moses said. Why would you wipe out this whole assembly just for one person's sins? Because Korah had a big mouth and thought he was all that, all that you know, big cheese. And, uh, but anyway, getting back to God's character... Now we say, oh, that's mean. God would destroy all those people. But he didn't. He told Moses to tell the people to get away from them physically. You know, move away from their tent. Because he was going to do something to them. And then I go to Malachi. The book of Malachi. Where God said, I changed not. It's because of this. The sons of Jacob are not consumed. So if God changes not. That means he expects holiness throughout life. He's a certain way. He's not going to change. And you say, well, that's mean. Well, now we jump, jump ahead to Psalms 86. 
where David talks about how the Lord is full of compassion and un and unfailing love. And you say, well, that's what God is. He's full of compassion, unfailing love, and mercy, and this and that. So you put all those, you put that together. Then you add on that Jesus died on the cross, and that when God looks at humanity, he remembers what his son did, so it extends mercy. But the bottom line is, we're all here by grace and mercy. We say that all the time like it's nothing. But if we really think about it, we are all really here because of grace and mercy. Because if God doesn't change, that means he, he's the same way he was in the book of Numbers, but he's the same way he was in Acts, I mean, uh, Psalms and Acts and all the epistles. He's loving and compassionate. But since he can't change and doesn't change, that means the way he was back then, he's like that now, but he chooses not to wipe people out because of what Jesus did on the cross. And because of it, but the bottom line is still, no matter how good a person thinks they are, they say, oh, I'm a nice person and I don't bother nobody. Let me tell you something. That all, you say, well, people are generally nice in the world. You know that from? Excuse me. Not just necessarily the upbringing, but it's all the, this is important, so that's why I want you to listen. It's not just the upbringing, it's the fact that God breathed into Adam. And if God breathed into Adam and made him a living soul, all that goodness went into a person. So when you see people. Somebody gets hurt in the street, let's say they fall down, and a stranger comes and rushes to pick them up. That's something that's been left over from God's wonderful spirit, being breathed into Adam. But being that the devil deceived Adam and Eve in the garden, we now have a sin nature also. And that sin nature cannot approach God. No sin can approach God. So therefore, this nature has to be done away with, has to be constrained, because since God doesn't change, and he's that holy, and can't stand sin, that means your sinful nature in you has got to change. So you can't run off of the residual. You can't run off of what's left from Adam. You can't run off of that and think that you're okay. That's not, that's not enough. You have to be born again. You have to be changed. And too many people say, oh, God's so loving this and that. And, and people are generally nice. They're nice because he breathed into Adam. And all that goodness went inside of a human being and it was passed on. But that's not good enough to get you into heaven. That's not good enough for you to live your life just like that. And say, oh, I'm okay. I do a couple of things wrong, but generally I'm, I'm all right. No, the, the sin nature that was inherited has got to be controlled. So when it really hit me, yes, God has two sides and he's not playing. He doesn't change. So therefore, even if I say, oh, he was so mean back in the Old Testament. No, he wasn't. He just does not like sin. He hates and detests sin. 
and doesn't want any part of that in your life. And you can't approach God with all that garbage attached to you. Only He can get rid of it. Only He can keep it under control and deliver you from not having just keep it under control, but deliver you from it once and for all. Let Him do it. So, lastly, those people running around saying, Oh, God is so loving and compassionate. Yes, that's true. But don't forget the other side. And people who are so legalistic and say, God's going to get you if you don't stop sinning. Yeah, that's true. But on the other side, what is he? He's loving and compassionate and forgiving. So you have to put the two together and understand that God hasn't changed from the Old Testament and before. He always was God and he always is that way that he is. Thank God for his love and compassion and mercy or none of us would be here. None of us. Not one single solitary person. And the only reason we're here now is because of his mercy and his grace. And because of what Jesus did on the cross. That's the only reason we're here. It really came clearer, clearer to me last night as never before. So let's get off of that thing, thinking that God is one way. No, he's not. He doesn't change. So all his love and compassion is still there. It was always there. His anger against sin is still there and will always be there. The only way to get around the anger of God from sin is to get saved. Alright, let's go on now. That's ten minutes of that. Now, in case you forgot <laughs> all this time what the episode is about, it's called Until I Get Home. So now let's talk about Until I Get Home. Now, this is a very personal one to me. Until I get home, I'm going to stay with him. I'm going to pray to him. I'm going to hang on even when I feel like giving up. I'm going to be content with the position I find myself in because there's always someone worse off than me. Believe me, these are not bragging rights. These are determination rights. When there are peaks of sunshine, I am to enjoy them. When there are tough times, I am to hold up a stiff upper lip. Not to fool, not to fool anybody. I'm trying to fool anybody. But nobody wants to have the same person always crying and snotting in their face. Not that I do that to anybody. As a matter of fact, I probably need to open up more. But that's never been me. You know, you gotta keep a stiff up a lip, but you don't be fooling people. Make everybody think everything is fine when it's not. But at the same time, every time somebody sees you coming, and you start, oh, I'm going through, I can't take no Nobody wants to hear that all the time. There comes a time, yeah, yeah, you put up with it through your patience a few times, but if every time we see you, you're always crying and snotting and need tissue, <laughs> nobody wants to be around all the time because that's depressing. That's depressing and that brings people's morale down. 
You don't want that. All right. Until I get home, it's important to remember this is not my home. I'm a pilgrim passing through a strange land. Now, am I saying I'm an outer space alien? Of course not. That means not that. Uh, excuse me, I'm sorry. That means that any unsaved person is also a pilgrim passing through. See, we have eternal life now. And even though our bodies are on this earth, this earth is now a permanent home. When Santa God goes to sleep forever, alright? Like it says in Psalms 116 and 15, verse 15 in the NIV. Precious. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints. Now, even though the Old Testament, I said with Psalms, a saint was always considered a holy person, a person set apart. Now, the New Testament saints are different because they have the Holy Spirit in them, but the idea is still the same. A Old Testament saint is a holy person, is a person set apart. The New Testament saint is a holy person set apart. However, with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> now, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 7 to 9 for NLT says, For we live by believing, not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident. And would rather be away from these earthly bodies. But then we will be at home with the Lord. So that's the home I'm talking about. I'm not talking about home in this state. In this uh, state of, of the United States I'm living in. So is that the, the uh, what by faith and by sight verse? Yes. But this is the NLT. I'll read it again. We live by believing, not by seeing. So yes, we walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are fully confident. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies. But then we will be at home with the Lord. So I don't, I don't know whether any people left out there saying, Oh, no, nobody's in paradise yet. Yeah, you're in paradise. You're not in the, you're not in the final heaven yet. You didn't get here yet. But you're in paradise with Jesus. Isn't that what he told the man on the cross? Today you're going to be in paradise. So it must be someone, someplace nice. Alright, enough talk of death. Even though when I get home, there's still something to look forward to. Sure enough. Now let's take the first side again of until I get home. Alright, there, there may not be an easy way to say this, but it's true anyhow. But until I get home, I have to let my light shine. And every saint's light is not a little light, as the song says. This little light of mine, I don't light I know. It's not a little. Because the light of Jesus is not a little, is it? So even though we're trying to sing humbly, that light in us goes a long way. So don't call it a little light. Because it's not. Now let me digress a minute here. 
again. <laughs> you know you can sing a lie as well as tell one. For example, if the lyrics to a song I sing says, I've given up the ways of the world and now live for you, Lord. And that's what you sing on Sunday. But if everything you do Monday through Saturday is worldly, you just lie. Let's not comfortably hide behind safe, victorious lyrics. If we're making every effort to live right, that's acceptable. But if the lyrics are a hiding place for any wrong we have in our, we have doing in our life, we just sing a lie. And God knows. He knows everything. Because here's what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 19, the NLT. But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. <clears throat> the Lord knows those who are his. And all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. Was it that again? But God's truth stands firm like a foundation stone with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. And all who belong to the Lord must turn away from evil. There's no if, hands, or buts. You must turn away from evil. See, the Lord is a hiding place. Psalms 32 and 7. The New King James. You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. Now, songs of hiding... Songs of deliverance. Deliverance from certain trials and deliverance from depression and that feeling of hopelessness. Deliverance from bad situations that you thought were, ah, I know I'm in that. David was a man of war. <clears throat> Yet God delivered him from all his enemies. So there goes hope and faith. Until I get home, I must realize that I'm not in this fight alone. No one is an island. And that seems to be a tough one for me to remember. But we're not in this alone. Now we'd probably be surprised if we knew what other folks were going through. Yet they still manage to say that God is good. He is. Even though we might be going through... That implies just what it says, going through. That means I'm not gonna. I'm, that means I'm going through. I'm not staying there. And God is still good no matter what, because while some people may be going into a series of hard times, somebody else is coming out of theirs. Somebody might be in the middle of theirs, but God, though He may be silent at the time. Is still there. He has nowhere to go. He fills the heavens and earth. And those trials are for growth, not for destruction. If you're saved, God won't let you stay sad for too long. See, when I started writing these things down, I was thinking of my lousy feeling. But the more I wrote, 
I couldn't help but write positive things. Oh, I'm still going through. But like I said before, someone is worse off than me. And if God can split the Red Sea, what can I possibly go through that will have him stumped? So you may have noticed how the tone of the episode shifted. Let that be your life too. If anyone claims to know the Lord, they must above iniquity, which is sin. Just like I just read in 2 Timothy. That is saying that if you name the name of Christ, a life of sin is in your rearview mirror. <clears throat> like my pastor said a few years ago, the windshield in your car is bigger than your rearview mirror because where we're going is better than where we've been. And as the things in your rearview mirror get smaller, that's reminiscent of your old life. Once again, until I get home, I must also not be surprised that this is a narrow road. I can't do what everybody else is doing and get away with it. God has set a standard and I must live up to it and maintain my integrity. There's no reason that a saint in time should not be able to quote this. This is Psalms 26 verses 1 and 2 from the NLT. <clears throat> Declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Put, on, put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my morals and my heart. Now many folks will say, not only David can say that, or Paul, or Jesus. Well, guess what? If only three people in the history of humanity can say that, the church and the world are in pretty bad shape. If you feel we can't speak like that, <clears throat> you'll never reach it. If you feel that speaking like that is bragging, you'll never reach it. No, that's knowing who you are. It's not bragging. Yet, unfortunately, today, many saints can't talk like that because we say no one should talk like that except for David, Jesus, Jesus and Paul. That's a shame. We may desire to be like that, but there's only two types of people who can talk like this. Talk like this psalmist. Those who are lying and those who are telling the truth. The sad thing is, most saints do think that only those three people are qualified to speak like that. <clears throat> Now, then, if that's the case, what's that saying about our own lives? So, apparently, according to the modern-day church, you can think it, but you can't say it, or else you're automatically a liar. That's what they consider you, a liar. Of course, we better know what we're saying if we say that. 
anything else that's not victorious. But let's face it, with approximately 8 billion people on this planet, don't you think someone is walking in their integrity and can be successfully cross-examined by God? Here's my prayer. Lord, please help, please let the saints know who they are. And may they stop wrestling with sin so that their true focus can be on the ongoing and upcoming spiritual fight that is upon us. You do things in history full circle. And while we dot I's and cross T's trying to gain your approval by being able to control a sneeze or a cough, then we pat ourselves on the back. We tend to reach, but we never obtain. And help us, Lord, not to stay in the trench of false humility. You want obedient warriors, not tailing between the legs, children. Now a dog puts his tail between his legs when he's scared and runs off. Let's face it, Lord, you're all we have. And that's more than all the armies in the world, all the tea in China, and all the money on the planet. Amen and amen to that. Until I get home, Satan is not going to let up on me on his own. I have to let God beat him. We're not smart enough to handle the underworld on our own. Just as Adam and Eve. We must admit to the Lord, then when we resist the devil, he'll flee from us. Gotta submit to love first. <clears throat> it's not just resist the devil and he'll flee from you, no. You gotta submit first. People may feel that I think about the spiritual side of life too much. And I'm sorry for anybody who feels that way. But if not now, when? You know, that line of do all things in moderation. That doesn't apply here. God will not take obeying his word in moderation. Or just or just serve the Lord in moderation. Uh-uh. That's not good enough. I've said before that I'm not a prophet. But I do believe heavily in the prophetic things of the Bible. Now I'm not every YouTuber that has something to say either. Jesus had said this, St. Luke chapter 21, verse 33 from the NIV. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. So a lot of people can get on YouTube and everything else and say a bunch of stuff of their own making, of their own feeling, from their own heart, from their own mind. But Jesus is saying, my words will never pass away. So people can tell all kinds of things, their interpretation of the Bible, the way they feel about this and that. But Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, which it will. But my words will never pass away. So if he said something, no matter how off it seems, no matter how old it seems, no matter how crazy it seems, if he says it's coming to this planet, it is. And things have already have been already started. 
but probably not proper English, but excuse me. Things have probably already, ah, not probably, things have already started. That's why I'm, I can say this with confidence. Because, yeah, it's been true. Now, you might have heard this statement. And they're so spiritually minded that they're no earthly good. Well, I heard the true spiritual counter to that. It is only when a person is spiritually minded will there really be any earthly good. So take that. <laughs> now, doesn't the Bible tell us to pattern our life after Jesus? If he wasn't spiritually minded, he would be no earthly good. Aren't we told for our light shine? How do we get that light? From the spiritual? We, or, the, or the earthly? We got it from the spiritual, not the earthly. A person can be very earthly good, but do they have a relationship with the Lord? Just because a person is friendly, smart, funny, and will help you move, that doesn't mean they're on their way to heaven. Now on the other side of the spectrum, when a person can't talk about weather or sports or family vacations without the subject without the subject changing to prophetic things, yeah, they're usually just trying to be spiritual or they're trying out some biblical skills on you. You know, there's time and a place for everything. You gotta remember that. But along with spiritual knowledge goes discretion. Yes, yeah, sin of God can do both if they're seasoned. They can talk about sports and slip some Bible in there. They can talk about the weather and slip in some Bible. And talk about family vacations and slip some Bible in there. All without the person necessarily realizing it. <clears throat> All during that time, what they were doing, they were planting a seed and not trying to get you saved in five minutes. Now, a saint who witnesses someone would love for that person to give their life to Jesus right then and there. But sometimes, something you might have said, <clears throat> excuse me, but sometimes something you might have said planted a seed in them, and from there, things will transpire. So you gotta give it time. Everything's not gonna happen in two seconds. We all have need of patience. So until I get home, I pray I increase more and more. Saints, even if your fruit of the Spirit is developed more than others, that level of yours is still not enough to sit back and say, ah, it's a never-ending growth. That goes for me, you, and any saint around the world until we all get home. Let's just do the will of God and not complain about our current status. Say Matthew 7 and 21 says this. Jesus says, Now everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, 
will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So a lot of people say, Lord, Lord, let me, let me in. I'm a good person. Even, even Jesus told the rich young ruler, why you calling me good? There's nobody good but God. So that tells us we're no good <laughs> on our own. Because like I said, when I first started, before I even got there until I got home, I said that God breathed into Adam. He became a living soul. So his goodness went into Adam automatically. But you can't live off of that. That's not, that's not enough anymore. Because now men and women and children above the age of accountability, they have a sinful nature. And the only way around that is through the son. So Bob Phillips saying, I'm a good person. That's not enough. And you're not a good person. Because Jesus said, there's nobody good but God. So that means there must be something wrong with me. I may do nice things. That's one thing. That doesn't mean that I'm good. Because nobody's good. So until I get home, I have to keep pressing. It's not fun. It's not easy. It seems like there's no end in sight. But there, but there is. You just have to keep going. And once you say, oh man, I can't take it no more, God gives you more grace. Until the thing finally pops and it's over. So, stay with the Lord. And remember, don't sit back in morals and think, I'm a nice person, that's enough. You have to go further. I mean, if you want to go further now, if you drew a line in the sand and said, this is as far as I'm going to go, that's on you. You're taking a chance. I'm, I'm not going to tell you, you're going to bust hell wide open. You're taking a chance. All I pray for there is that God sends you a word or makes open your eyes to see that I need to go a step further. I need to go deeper. And if you're not saved, I need to get saved first and foremost. And then I need to start going deeper. Because even though God is right there all the time, him, I heard a preacher say he invites you to come in closer to him. That way you can sin against all this garbage out here in the world. You'll be able to walk in your integrity like we talked about. You walk in your integrity and there's certain things you ain't gonna do no matter what somebody tries to coax you. Come on, do this. You want nope. Go on, take this. Nope. Let's do this. Nope. Let's go ahead. Nope. <clears throat> ah, man, you're a fuddy daddy. You want to do nothing. Well, too bad. I don't want to do what you want to do. I have things to do. But it's not what you think. Because the things you want to do have to do with the pleasures of this world. And I've turned my back on this world. My focus is someplace else. So you can call me what you want. But that doesn't change the fact that until I get home, I gotta obey his will. God bless you, heaven smile upon you. I keep going on. 
But I think I've said enough. Hopefully something will stick with you. I'm not angry with you. I'm not trying to get in your case. Matter of fact, I'm just putting a ball in your court. Now you do what you think is best. No, I shouldn't say that. Because if I say you do what you think is best, you're more likely going to stay where you are. <laughs> so, do do the right thing. Seek the Lord until he talks back to you. Not, not through the sky. He may talk to you through people. He may talk to you through the word. He may talk to you through a dream. He may talk to you through the pain you're going through. He may talk to you all kinds of ways. But either, either way, it could be a... Your spiritual ears open. You don't, excuse me, because you don't know how and when he may speak to you. If you sincere, people people think speaking is just talking like I'm talking now. But no, he can talk to you all different kinds of ways. So be receptive in Jesus' name. Oh God, bless us all, Lord. Help us to come out of our mindset and our sins. Let's turn around. Let's not think this is religious hype. It has nothing to do with religion. Oh God, we thank you. And we just praise you and give your name the glory in Jesus' name. Amen.